Welcome to Talk is Jericho. It is the pod of thunder and rock and roll. And here we go. The start of another year of quality Duff McKagan jokes of the week. Hey, uh, Chris Jericho, Duff McKagan calling you. Happiest of holiday seasons. Uh, back in the Viking times, I don't know if you know, there was a Viking named Rudolph the Red. Uh, he was going to go out pillaging one night and he went outside Came back in, told his wife, "I'm, I'm not going to go out tonight. There's a, there's a storm front coming. I can, I can tell." Uh, and his wife said, "Well, how can you tell this? This storm, coming, this weather coming?" He goes, "Well, Rudolph the Red knows rain, dear." Thank you very much. Goodbye. <laughs> I was really hoping we were starting 2020 with a big laugh and uh, not a courtesy. Thanks for trying laugh for the Duff McKagan joke of the week. But actually, that did uh, that did make me laugh because he tried so hard with it. Actually, when he first called in, he said, Rudolph the Red knows rain. He forgot the deer part. So I had to call him and he uh, called me back to retract the joke. So I'm sure he's retracted many bass parts and vocal parts. This might be one of the first times you retract a joke. Actually, it's not because Duff always has a lot of fun with the jokes. Uh, Every week here on Fridays, thanks to Duff McKagan for never missing. uh, And thank you so much uh, to Duff. Uh, Everywhere that he goes, he always remembers to call in a great joke just for us. All right. Speaking of great, today I got a great old friend of mine. Rhino is here. He's currently signed to Impact Wrestling, doing great work there for Don Callis and Scott Demore. And Rhino will tell us how he got to Impact and why it's such a good fit for him at this stage of his career, how he's able to keep his name and why things didn't work out with WWE this last time around. He's also talking about some of the classic early matches with Edge and Christian surviving a Tony Candelo Northern Death Tour in Winnipeg and Manitoba and Canada, working with Paul Heyman at ECW, and what he learned at WWE from Stephanie McMahon, who was his manager for a time. So Ryan is a great talker with great stories, and he's sharing them right here, right now on Talk is Jericho. All right, so for the first time ever in almost six years, uh, Rhino is here because uh, he's the talk of the town all across the board. Everyone's uh, uh, talking about his big debut with Impact. But you were saying yesterday that you were in Milwaukee. Yeah. And where were you at? We were at the, I was wrestling at the Milwaukee State Fair, and it's not my first time there. Fourth. And you said there's a historical significance to it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jeffrey Dahmer was actually arrested at the State Fair. I think back in the uh, mid '80s, yeah. really, he was. Really, yeah. I think he was drunk and exposed himself. <laughs> so, thank God they didn't catch me this year. <laughs> yeah, the funny thing was, Dahmer was watching a wrestling show at the time with probably, Russia, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> but it's 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 it's. I mean, there's lots to talk about with you here for sure. And it's 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 interesting to me because it, you know you made this kind of a re-debut in Impact, which everyone was talking about. And, you know, the mask and all that sort of stuff. Right. And it's funny because the, 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 there's the, the big controversy and you don't have to answer it either way, whether it was you under the mask or it wasn't you under the mask. But suddenly, once again, you're like, you know, the talk of the town. Right, right. I won't confirm nor deny it was me. So uh, <laughs> the guy had great legs, hell of a uh, gore. I was going to say spear. <laughs> hell so, of a physique. Right, right. Hell of a physique. <laughs> Just a cinder like cinder block physique, just a <laughs> shaft. But you've been been working nonstop for years. Right. And you spent a long time in Impact. Correct. Then went back to you know, for, you know East Devon WWE Impact back to WWE. Right. And now back to Impact. But but talk a little bit about about that last run in WWE and kind of what led you 
to, to, to moving over to impact. Well, I don't forget. I spent like four years on the independent scene right. too. Um, before I went back to, uh, WWE after impact and, uh, you know, I, I worked with ring of honor, which was a lot of fun too. And, you know, I'm, I'm just, a you know, I love the gimmick table. I'm a people person. So, you know, and plus when you're selling t-shirts and per- pushing merch and stuff and, you know, and, and I think that's when I went back to WWE, you know, the fans were, I've always been blessed. The fans were always attracted to my style and, you know, and I have never, um, never had that, uh, bad experience where, you know, I was just, just jobbed out, you know what I mean? Just, uh, so, but I think it kind of falls back on like grassroots, you know, I'm, I'm doing these little indie shows and I'm not just sitting in the back, I'm pushing my merch and, and they're having that connection with me more so than what you would get with a, you know, someone else that, you know, hasn't really worked the indie scene or mm-hmm. something. So they're, they're having that personal connection. So when I did go back, the combination of liking my style and plus with the internet, everybody sees, you know, cause they're promoting like, oh, he's going to be at the state fair in Wisconsin or, you know, or DBA's uh, show in, in Detroit, this little bar where, you know, I, I, I started, you know, so they, they see that I'm not afraid to work, you know what I mean? So I think that attracted because they feel like um, they kinda, can identify with myself, you know, because they get up and they do the grind too, you know? So mm-hmm. um, so when I went back, I was actually running for office. That's and, right. Yeah, and I was knocking on doors. So, But what a, a politician friend of mine, he goes, well, you're going to probably see uh, uh, women without a shirt on. I'm going, okay, I'm, I'm liking this. <laughs> They go, you'll probably get bit by a dog. I'm not going to like that, right? So anyways, uh, I almost got, I, I was almost attacked by a dog and I did not see any chess. So I seen a lot of middle-aged men with hairy chests waking up at one o'clock, you know, because they're working the graveyard shift and they're going, oh yeah, I heard you're running for office or scratching their belly and stuff. Nachos from the night before. I used to yeah. that when I was a paper boy. Oh, yeah. You had to go collecting and get money and you would never know what you're going to get. I was always hoping to be like one of those pornos where right. a chick would answer laundry. But it was a couple <laughs> night dresses for right. a couple grandmas. Right. Well, I actually had an experience. I think this lady, she was in high school and when I delivered the paper and she had her pants unzipped pink panties. I remember it like it was yesterday. Yeah, I was like 12 years old. Yeah, I was just like, oh my God, this is the greatest thing ever. You know, I, I wait until I start delivering the Detroit news, then I'm going to make it big yeah. time. It was just a local paper, you know. What, what office were you running for? I was running for state rep. And uh, yeah, so I, I did well. Um, I won the primary. I lost a general. But as far as I knocked on like 14,000 doors and and I was doing that right when I re-signed with WWE. So uh, you know, and and I was off for the last three months before I started back with Impact. So this whole summer, and go figure. It, I mean, we had a ton of rain. So here I, I I've got a marina. You know, you know I got two boats in the water. I want to use them, and I have a, a marina. And there's just a ton of rain. So it's not great for business. And mm-hmm. I'm off for three months, and I can't even go on the boat. So it's like, <laughs> man. But um, you know, you reflect. So I'm thinking to myself, okay, my last run. And WWE was for three years, a three-year contract. And I'm thinking, okay, well, why why wasn't it more successful? You know, I, like I said, I mean, they had me on the road and everything. And, you know, not as... You just finished? Yeah, yeah, I just finished uh, July 17th. Yeah. It was up. So, you know, it's always good to reflect. You know, some some people in life, they just, they're miserable and everybody's out to get them. But I looked at it like, 
when I was going in, I didn't go in with enough steam. You know, like when territories, when you go to a new territory, you usually go in all tanned up and <laughs> jacked up and stuff. So anyways, I'm like, okay, well, what was wrong? What did I do wrong? And I think what it was is I was working so hard on the campaign, not just knocking on doors. You have to file with the uh, campaign finance committee and all that stuff. So there's a lot of detailed work trying to get your message out and all that stuff. And then getting ready for one opponent and then, you know, and then next round. So I, I, I realized my mistakes and then, you know, that's uh, the run there. I, I enjoyed it because I was working with uh, uh, Slater mm -hmm. and he's just a funny guy. Well, you know, yeah, right. Goofy guy, fun to go out in the town with and all that stuff. But uh, so that was all enjoyable, but there's a couple things I wish I would have done differently to make it more of a successful run as far as, um, being whether on TV more, um, not uh, maybe helping the guys more men and women um, out, you know, behind the scenes. So I think uh, you know, but I did I did influence quite a few people there. So mm -hmm. in a positive light, you know. Sure. So, so but when it time when it came time to because nowadays, you know, with with Impact and with AEW, it's like no one really gets out of WWE. They're, right. They're, they're Right. to resign you and all that stuff. What was, right. did, what, did they try and get you? Yeah, resign? they they actually doubled the downside. And my thought is, is you know, let's face it, I only have so many years left. Hopefully I can get eight more years out of this thing, mm -hmm. you know, and 10 more years out of the gimmick table. <laughs> so, um, but it, it's one of those things where, you know, they, they obviously want to keep people. So it, companies like AEW, you know, because you and I both know, when a company goes to a toy manufacturer or a video game company or TV networks overseas and says, okay, well, we have this product. Can you get behind and invest millions of dollars? They're going to say, okay, well, what guys do you have? And then a lot of them are ignorant to, you know, the, the, the talent that's coming up and how good they are, you know? Um, they just want to know how many years have they been on TV and all that stuff. So, so you need named value talent, even if they don't know the, the all they see is how many years have they been on TV, mm. you know, and then that's why they want to invest. And that's, you know, and, and a lot of people know, like Eric Bischoff was talking about that. And, uh, you know, it's like, okay, well, I've got these guys, they can help out the younger talent. Are they willing to help out the younger talent? And you know, all this stuff I'm telling you. And then, you know, and then I can sell TV deals. So they're going to pay for themselves, you know, just like that. Mm -hmm. So um, I think that's why it's very important, um, you know, if you're a WWE to keep the talent, you know, so it'll affect, you know, other companies, you know, but I think, uh, you know, like AEW, I mean, it's just the momentum's there. And mm -hmm. even though I'm working for Impact, I'm I'm rooting for them, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And, and I, I see the moves and then with impact, you know, all the great moves that they're making, you know, yeah. and, and it's cool because impact is in, I think a great, you know, position because when you're off the radar, you can do a lot of crazy stuff. And then all of a sudden it's like, wow, where'd they come from? Right. You know, but like AEW, I think everybody, the momentum's there and it's like the more pressure, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, you're there, you would mm -hmm. know more. So, I mean, and I think they can, they, you know how the old saying "put up or shut up." I think they definitely put up, and I think it's 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 going to be really interesting well, and the fun. Thing is, you know, Don and Scott are making some great moves. Oh, signing the Michael Elgins and the right. you in, and, and 
they're playing it really smart, like you said, until the time comes when you guys get a better television deal, which right. I'm sure is just a matter of time at this point. I heard something's in the work. Yeah. I, I didn't. You always kind of yeah. hear that, right? Right, right. But you said that WWE offered to double your downside, yeah. but you still didn't take it. Right. Well, it wasn't, you know, I actually, I said, you know what, why don't, uh, it's funny, I doubled what they doubled. <laughs> Mark uh, Carano goes like this. He goes, uh, well, Vince thought it was pretty aggressive. And I looked at him. I go, well, I learned it from him. And he popped. He totally popped. I go, well, just let's work on some things. Because I thought to myself, you know, there's a lot of talent there. You're going to sit at home and collect a paycheck. Is that where I want to be? Will I be happy? You know, because, you know, in this business, certain things, you know, you'll go through periods where you're miserable, you know, um, for whatever reason, you know, and it's like sitting at home, even though I still want to be on the road. And I actually figured it out why I love being on the road so much when I was reflecting on what I did wrong. And then, you know, and then, you know, what can I correct and not make the same mistake going into impact, you know, so but I, I and this is we're not going to go too deep. I don't want to be crying on your shoulder, but I think I love being on the road just to interact with people and stuff, but I get an escape from my problems at home. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, not necessarily like a marriage or a girlfriend or anything, but when I leave home, I don't have to deal with those problems, mm -hmm. you know, problems of life, mm -hmm. you know, because, uh, you know, I've, uh, both of my parents are gone. My brother passed away uh, two years ago from cancer just out of nowhere, you know, just really sad. And when I'm on the road, it's like he's just a phone call away. Mm -hmm. You know, the friends that have passed away, um, you know, cancer is just such a bitch. And uh, a buddy of mine just passed away uh, last month, just liver cancer. He wasn't feeling good for like five weeks. He thought he had the flu. He went in and they go, you got stage four kidney cancer, never left. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, liver cancer. Right, right. Yeah, it was just out of nowhere. Like he was, he didn't have a, well, he didn't feel nauseous. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was just like, you know, and then you see someone and it's just like, you know, when you go on the road, you have that focus of the next show, of the, you know, the this and that. And it's like. Plus you're with the gang. With the right. Guys. And then, you know, home is home and everything's normal, it seems like, you know, because if you look at it, we've been, I, I actually looked out, kind of roughly figured out like out of uh, 18 years, I've been on the road seven years straight. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's just it's like seven years. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's crazy. If you figure out how many, you know what I mean? It was like seven or eight years straight. And it's like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing. Like you said, it's just people say that all the time. Like, how do you do this? And yeah. How do you fly to LA for a day and fly back or fly to Japan for two days? Yeah. It's just what we do. Right. What we've always done. Right. It's we have a different mindset than the normal people yeah. would. Right. And plus, it's I, I think another thing that's fun is is having that goal in front of you, like getting to that destination, performing, you know, and then going to the next town, mm -hmm. you know, seeing how many t-shirts I could push. <laughs> <laughs> you really like this gimmick? Oh, I do. You know, it's funny because all the guys were bitching about not having t-shirts and stuff, right, in WWE, and I'm thinking, I don't want them to sell a t-shirt of mine because it's going to hurt my market when I go back on the indies, you know? <laughs> They're like, oh, yeah, I'd buy a t-shirt, but I bought one last year, you know? <laughs> that was the, when I first went to Smoky Mountain Wrestling uh, uh, in 94. I'd right. never really, they didn't have merch tables really in Canada. Right. So they would want you to go out at intermission and do the merch. And I was like, you know, because I was kind of, you know, up my own ass. Like, you know, I don't want to be out there in front of the fans. Right. I want there to be some mystique. And then Rock and Roll Express was like, 
Don't go out there. Just be more money for us. And these guys right. would sell everything. Right. You know, they would take a water bottle and sign it, Ricky and Robert, right. and the official, official <laughs> Rock and Roll Express spring water right. for 10 bucks. Right. I got one of those water bottles. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, uh, there's, uh, there's a um, promotion. I just booked a show in Portland. Uh, the Rock and Roll Express, they were on there, but they had to cancel because they've got three dates in uh, for New Japan. Oh, wow. Yeah, and, uh, you know, and the, the promoter totally understood. He's like, mm -hmm. hey, man, that's a great opportunity. And it's a building where they used to run wrestling for, you know, when Portland was a huge yeah, territory. Sure. So, um, you know, a buddy of mine, uh, um, he called me up and he's like, hey, this promoter wants to bring you out. He's legit and all that stuff. I go, yeah, yeah, I'll give him a call. Anyways, uh, you know, just, you see, I'm kind of a mark to work old buildings, you know what I mean? Like territory buildings the and history. stuff like that, the history. And just like the guys and, you know, the men and women that have performed in those buildings before, you know, and it's just like if the walls could talk, you know, and it's just like, so the guy's like, oh, you know, what will it take? And I'm, I'm kind of like, you know, I'd go out there for next to nothing just for that experience, yeah. but I'm not going to tell him that, right. you know, so... But uh, yeah, so it's it's pretty cool to to be able to work in buildings like that and stuff, you know. So it, it's amazing to me that you know you've been working since Detroit as Ryan yeah. and never had to change your name. Right. How, right. How did you? How were you able to? Do, you and Taz were able to get out of right. Like, you know, ECW, WCW. They changed everyone's their own the names, but you got to keep it. Yeah. Well, they uh, they wanted to um, they wanted to change my name to Mary. Uh, yeah, one of one of what? yeah WWE when Did I first went yeah they wanted to make well this was after ECW and you know I had a a, a good little run there and then uh, they were like oh we got to change your name right I go why they go we can't uh, we can't patent and I go well actually I got this from Joe Legend he goes why don't they just change it to a Y right and I go well I'll pitch that you know they go oh no we tried that we can't or we'll try it we can't I think they just wanted to you know Get put right. a yeah you know and just kind of create you know their own character with me. So uh, Adam, you know, he's like, you guys, yeah, Edge, he's like, uh, you guys are really going to drop the ball, like bring them in as a friend and our heater and all that stuff. And, you know, if you try to make, they wanted to dye my hair blonde and then uh, and then make me their little brother, right? And they're like, he looks nothing like us. We're tall and lanky and he's short and <laughs> stocky, right? And uh, they go, well, die. you know, could you imagine having to dye your hair blonde all the time, you know? So anyways, especially having dark hair, so... Um, you know, and then they're like, they finally said, oh, you know, they were kicking around different ideas. Juggernaut was one. Mm -hmm. And then they were, uh, the worst one Ed said, uh, was Marion. He goes, yeah, he kept the best one and the worst one. And, uh, yeah, I don't know what the thought process, I don't know. I don't know where it came from. Yeah. It's like name, naming a seven foot tall, giant black man, Mabel. Right. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Mary, so, right, right. Because yeah, when you came into WWE, you were you were Edge and Christian's yeah, friend, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, that's what they ended up running with. And 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 uh, Edge was like, "You're going to insult the fans' intelligence." You know, it's like they've seen them for the last two and a half years tearing people up in a different promotion. You know, so they uh, so they they ended up. I think I we we're in uh, um, New York, some somewhere upstate. And uh, they go, you're starting tonight. I go, did they figure out a name? They go, Rhino with a Y. I go, okay. It's just like that, you know? So Taz with two Zs. Right, right, right. So, but then how were you able to keep it when you left WWE the first time? Well, they uh, they didn't have me sign RHYNO over to them. But when they re-signed me, um, I think it was 2002, they re-signed me a year early. And they they had, you know, in there signing over RHYNO and RHYNO. And I said, well, I'll sign over RHI and, or YNO 
because you guys did the homework and all that stuff, but I'm not signing over the one with the I. Mm. And they go, okay, no problem. I go, can we get to do a little signing bonus too? <laughs> go, yeah, 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 no problem. I'm like, shit, I should have asked that for the first time, you know? Well, so you never bonus. signed it, so they never they never copy wrote the I. The I. Yeah, yeah. So, so now it's Rhino with an I. Right, okay. and plus, like you know, when if you, you, it's harder for them unless you sign it over because you had it before and stuff like that. So I played Scrabble once and tried to use Rhino with a Y. Oh, really? Didn't go over well. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's on TV every well, week. Right, so. right. Well, thank you for thinking of me. <laughs> Talk about teaming with Edge and Christian. You guys had a, a, a great. It was a great mix, obviously, because you're really friends. Right, right. When, when did you first meet those guys? Oh, we were up in. Uh, actually, I thought uh, Edge. He was gonna. I thought they took me for 150 bucks. Yeah, because they would come down to Detroit and wrestle, and then they needed someone up in Winnipeg. And I had worked with Christian. They're like, "What about the Rhino guys? You know, bigger guys, really. You know, fun to work with in the ring. He's got a good personality." So. Uh, so they go, hey, they mention it to me. I go, yeah, sure. And you hear about the, hey, give me 150 bucks for a flight and we'll, you know, we'll, we'll get you the flight and everything squared away and all that stuff. So you hear all these stories, right? Or give me 125 bucks for a passport. I'll get you booked in Puerto Rico, kid. <laughs> right. You know, so, so uh, I go, you know, and I knew they would go out there just with Johnny Swinger and stuff. He'd go out there. So I'm like, okay. So Christian's like, you know, my mom will put it on her credit card. And then, you know, because we're all broke and poor, mm-hmm. right? So... Anyways, uh, I gave them 150 bucks, and they're like, okay, meet me up at uh, Edge was renting a basement, right? And there was a little walk out in the back, you know, door. So so I, I have my cousin, you know, and I'm thinking, are they going to, you know, especially my cousin's driving me up to Guelph, you know, to meet with uh, Edge, and then we're going to go to the airport. To right, Guelph, right. Yeah. So we go up Drum. the next day, and I'm like, man, I'll really look like a schmuck if they, you know— take me for my money. And I'm up there and my cousin drove me up and stuff. So, you know, that's always in the back of your mind. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. like, well, they have to come down to Detroit, you know, and I got a lot of friends in Detroit. You know? So anyways, uh, so I go there and there's no one there. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, this guy took me, right? And I'm like, you know, I met him several times. So anyways, I'm walking around to the front of the house to see if this guy actually lives, Edge, mm-hmm. you know, actually lives there, right? Sexton Hardcastle, Castle, right? <laughs> so anyways, uh, as I'm walking around, here here comes Edge, you know, and I'm like, he's like, hey man, I tried to I tried to get back here sooner. I had to drop my car off at the shop down the street. I'm like, oh thank God, like a like a uh, like a sign of relief, yeah, you know. Yeah. It's like okay now, you know, my cousin. I'm like, oh you can go now, thanks, you know, <laughs> thanks for the lift. <laughs> Everything's good, you know. So that was what so you worked for you. I forgot you worked for Candelo. Oh yeah, he called me the other day wanting to book me for three shows. I'm like, you got to pay me a deposit, but you got to pay me everything up front. Yeah, and that uh, uh, Don Callis. Yeah. Uh, He's, uh, you know, he's he's there, you know, he's like, Tony wants to talk to you. I go, oh, man, you know, I, I like seeing him, mm-hmm. but, you know, it's just working with him. It's like he wants to get you next to nothing. It's like turning down other dates. It's like, and who's it's on like, there? He, he goes, oh, come on. Right, right. <laughs> come on. Right, right. How about you know, those prices? I'm Tony. He on. wanted to book me and Kenny Omega at the Winnipeg Arena. He's like, how much is it going to cost? I'm like, Tony, you don't have, how much is it going to cost? Right. I give you 10 grand. I'm like. It's going to cost you a whole right. lot more than that, man. <laughs> How is Kenny? I haven't seen him in a long time. Well, did you He's talented. Well, I worked uh, out in Jersey and stuff. Yeah. 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 He was so talented. Well, you know, well, he is. He still is. Yeah. yeah. Still he, talented. He, he, he's really come on. You know, over the last year or so, right. especially in Japan, I mean, right. you know, just starting with AEW, but he's yeah. one, definitely one of the best. Yeah, I was actually happy when I seen him uh, go there because mm-hmm. I, I knew his talent would be really highlighted. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and the young was, bucks. He, and he took advantage of it, you know, and really, 
really honed in his style. Yeah, you know, really yeah. Found out who he is as a performer. Right, right. right. Well, no, I, I knew I knew there was something special about him. Like I'd I'd see him work out matches and stuff. It was for Jersey All Pro Wrestling, and uh, you know, and I would just see him go out there and in the ring, and I'm like, this guy's talented. And he was going back to um, he was working in Japan, but like back and forth at right. that time, you know, but before the last Working run. Working in those smaller companies. Right, 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 there, right, right. And then uh, it's just, you know, you just see him and it's just the look and the, you know, he's got he's got the ability to back it up and you're mm-hmm. just like, wow, this is really cool, you know. So, and I think with, um, you know, and, and then the Young Bucks, when I used to work with them in Impact TNA right. back in the day, they were, I love those guys. And they, they actually, we were on a show probably about four years ago and the promoter booked it on a Wednesday, he calls me up. And he goes, hey, uh, you want to work for me? I go, what's the date? I go, or I go, let me see if I'm open. He goes, I'm sure you're open. It's a Wednesday. I go, why are you running a Wednesday? Which isn't a bad thing. I've ran Wednesdays, charity shows, right? And uh, he goes, it's the only day the Young Bucks had available. And uh, that's what he named the show, the only day. <laughs> it was great. And we had probably about 1,000 people there. Yeah. Tell us about, uh, I think the stories come back to me as we talk now. I know you did a couple of the, the Tony Canelo Northern Death Tours. Right. Was there a, the, 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 those van drives? Uh, right, right. Yeah, wasn't there a close call? Oh, yeah, yeah, close call. <laughs> we almost died. I mean, it was more than a close call. It was like, wow, <laughs> how did we make it? Explain what happened. Right, so so we're in a minivan. You're not supposed to take them on the frozen uh, lakes. That's the stuff. only way you can get to these reservations. Right, right. In the wintertime. Yeah. yeah. Ice road truckers that, uh, yeah. So, right. yeah. So anyways, uh, you know, and then when you, you have some warm weather, the whole, the whole time you're driving on these roads, the ice is cracking. So yeah. have you ever went on one of those tours? Or I never went on the winter one. I went okay. on the summer one. Oh, the summer ones yeah. are pretty fun yeah, and stuff it, like that. Yeah, still, yeah, you're yeah. driving because there's no, there's no lakes right. to cut across. So you right. can drive in the forest for an extra 10 hours. Exactly. To get there, yeah. <laughs> and normally it's only a two-hour drive yeah. if it was paved. If right. it was paved, yeah, it's dirt road. Right. So uh, Adam, Edge was driving and... Uh, and it, we're in a minivan, and I'm in the passenger seat, and Jay and, and uh, Christian and, and Tony's in the back. They're sleeping. It's 5 a.m. in the morning, and we're we're done. We're heading back to Winnipeg. How cold is it? It's, oh, it's freezing. It's like 30 below or something <laughs> like that, right. like Fahrenheit. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so anyways, you know, we're all in, you know, fanny packs, and, and which I'm rocking one right now. Yeah, and they're yeah. back in style again. Oh, right, right. The boys are so excited. Exactly. <laughs> So anyway, I actually told someone that um, the reason why we wear fanny packs is because our contracts come in them. And in our contracts, we're supposed to shave our armpits. And they bought it. <laughs> I'm like, come on, mom. Yeah. I was just joking. <laughs> no. Uh, so anyways, we're driving. And all of a sudden, you know, and I knew we were, because we we're on this uh, lake, this lake road for probably about an hour or so. And then we were following a semi. And you would see semis, you know, through the ice and, you know, half in the water and half out and all that stuff all the time, right? So anyways, uh, you know, so you knew the the dangers of it, but we're, uh, and then the ring van with 10 guys in the van on top of the ring and luggage squishing it down, right? And let me just explain some people, because right. I did that, I had to drive with the ring van, like Rhino says, there's a, the, the ring is in the back right. being like uh, transported. But it's a van, like a, what do you call it, like a Suburban or Yeah, whatever it is. not even a cube van. Not even a cube van. So there's not <laughs> enough room for all the guys. So you actually have to sleep on top yeah. of this ring, which is probably, I don't know, a foot and a half or maybe two feet right. from the roof. Right. And right. you're going over these dirt roads, bouncing up and down. Right. I hit my head on that damn roof all the f- time. There's right. no seat belts. It's Nothing. super dangerous. Nothing. Extremely dangerous. Right. And, uh, you know, so we're we're going through. 
And then we're coming around this, uh, like this bend in the, like the land comes out in the water. So we're coming around this corner and then to go up on the land, right? And we're probably about a good uh, 100 yards off land. So all of a sudden, as we come around the bend, um, Edge like hits the brakes and, you know, puts your arm right right across my chest so I don't hit the dashboard and stuff. So anyways, uh, you know, and then I wake up and then I see what's going on and all the ice is all broken up, right? And then they, they plow them so there's barriers like banks. Mm. And, and it's probably about 50 feet in width. So over on the one side, it's all clear, but it already started to freeze over. So Tony's like, ah, I'll take care of it, right? So he goes around poking with a, a little stick, right? And then Edge got in the backseat. So he jumps in, he's going for it. And I'm like, I jumped out of the car because he's literally going for broken ice and water. Oh. Yeah, that's all he's driving to like a hole in the thing. But from his experience up there, he knew that that's where the semi went, you know, because the semi made it across. So there has to be a, a, a route, you know what it's I mean? just that the road is underneath. Exactly, wow. exactly. Wow. So, and how they, 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 they make the roads is they drill and then they flood them and then that gives the mm. thickness. And then when it's 32 inches thick, that's when they open it to the road. So okay. anyways, uh, so, so he knew all this, but I didn't, you know? So he, he's, I mean, he's weaving in and out the, the water spinning up like 30, 40 feet in the air, you know, from the front wheel drive and, you know, and then he makes it across, right? And Jules that was driving the, the ring van, he goes across the part that, you know, the top part that started to freeze, right? So he's breaking through, but there's a layer underneath, right? So as, but the key is, is you don't want to stop because when you stop, because the, the the ice isn't that thick, you'll sink and it'll break, right? And you'll fall through. So the key is, is not to stop. So he just goes through there, right? And then all of a sudden, you know, and, and when Tony was going across in the minivan, I just thought it was just going to drop in the water. Like, I'm just waiting for it. And I'm like... And you're I, out standing on the Yeah, I'm standing on the side of the road, you know, so anyway, or standing on the ice. Yeah. So anyways, uh, so Joel starts to go and then he gets stuck. So we push him back, right? So instead of going where Tony went, he tried to get a running start, right? So he gets in further, right? So then we're trying to push it back. And then Jay, he falls through, gets a soaker. So he walks back to the the Soaker. yeah the minivan up there on the, the 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 bank, and I'm following him, and I'm literally standing, you know, because we're on the the bank, and then I'm looking, you know, and you've got 15 guys, you know, trying to push his van out for the second time, and I'm like the headlights are on, and you can see the ice sinking, oh, and then Adam Edge is like, "We need you." They're all Rhino, come here. I'm like, "Get away from that thing! Just let it go." You know, yeah. I mean, I'll get new ring gear. We'll get a new ring. We'll get a new van. But like, we wouldn't have been able to get in the van, mm -hmm. so we kind of needed that van to stay warm. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Unless we were going to build a campfire until right. someone else came by. But it was so cold, we would have ended up freezing even if we didn't fall through. So, anyways, Adam did come and grab me. And he literally grabbed me around my arm and walked me down there. I wanted to go, but I didn't, you know, I wasn't walking or running towards the van. Mm -hmm. I was kind of dragging my feet a little bit. <laughs> so I will admit to that, but he tells the story a little bit better and more entertaining, but I literally, I'm watching this van sink and the water's just coming up. Right. You know, because there's water in between the ice. Right. And I'm like, we are going to freaking die, you know? And at the time, they didn't know this, but I was still a virgin. And I'm like, I don't want to <laughs> die a virgin, right? That's also going through my mind, right? So I'm like, man, you know? 
I mean, that's a lot of pressure, you know? So, but we ended up, I was the extra muscle I, they needed. And I don't, I don't want to claim the hero, but you know, we got out of there. Legs are like tree trunks. Right, right. Once we got that van out of there, I literally ran up to the bank and followed it all the way to the land. And then he went the original route that Tony went, made it across, no problem. And I'm like, I want to punch the guy right in the face. Like you put me through this, you know? And, uh, but anyways, it, it, it made for a good story. If people only knew right, right. the stuff that we go through right. for, for the, for the craft. Exactly. And I remember, I think you were talking about, um, how you wrestled and, or was it Lance or you might've been on the same show for a hot dog when you first started mm-hmm. out. Yeah, birthday yeah. party. Yeah. For a hot dog and a glass of orange juice. Well, just because of that story, I, uh, this was probably about four or five years ago. There's some <laughs> twins up in, uh, Toronto. They call me up. They go, hey, uh, we see you're going to be in Toronto wrestling a, for a show. It's, I think it was a Saturday or Sunday evening. They go, what are you doing in the afternoon? I go, well, I'm driving in from a certain town. They go, you want to work a birthday party? <laughs> and I go, well, I'll do it for this much. I would have done it for free just because I never worked a birthday party. I've worked like a bar. in Portland. Exactly. <laughs> I've never. And. <laughs> And here's the thing, the guy that ran it, right? He had a nice pole barn. I mean, this thing was, I mean, it looked better than some of the arenas I've wrestled in. So I kind of feel like I was cheated out of that birthday party in a backyard hot dog payoff experience because the the, the whole thing was is I just wanted to say I wrestled at a birthday party. Mm-hmm. But this was actually, the guy had lights and everything. Yeah, he, <laughs> he went to the local promoter and said, hey, I want to do a birthday party for my kid. Like you or, said, it's probably more organized than some right, shows. That right, you do, right, right. Yeah. I mean, it was a really good setup. Yeah, he, the guy had all the lights there and everything. It was a really nice pole bar, and the guy had money and stuff like that. But yeah, he had like a Lamborghini parked, because that's where he parks his like expensive cars. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah, and it's like, he, I'm, we're pulling up. I go, wow, he's got some expense or uh, some very very wealthy friends. They go, no, that's his car. He's just parking them on the lawn so we can wrestle in the pool bar. I'm thinking, wow. Okay, well, I've got a bragging rights, but it was also a really nice show. So Check it off the bucket list. Right, right. Let's talk a little bit about when you worked with uh, ECW and with Paul Heyman, because he really made you a big yeah. star. Because yeah. he was, as I still say to this day, was the king of, of exemplifying people's strengths and kind of Hiding the weakness, weakness, which yeah. is what a good booker should do. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you were the top top guy, right? The, the champion, right? Right. The last right. champion, right? Did we last call you the champion. territory killer for a right? While? Right. <laughs> how, how many territories were you the champion of when they went out of business? Oh, geez, I think that was the only one. Oh, okay. Yeah, the Maritimes and the. No, no, I didn't. I never worked the Maritimes. Okay. Yeah. Oh no, auto. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was. I Germany? won a tournament. Yeah, I won. Uh, Guy's been over for 40 years. He puts right. him over and goes out of business. <laughs> uh, hey, come on. You're going to hurt my indie booking. <laughs> so but work, how'd you like working with Paulie? Oh, it was great. Yeah. You know, and, and, and like you said, you know, how he booked and everything. And he knew I never, um, you know, I never uh, did promos and stuff like that. So he put me with Carino and Tajiri and Jack Victory. And then Carino was a mouthpiece. And then he would let me just, chime in here or there, right? Mm-hmm. And then the more the more I became comfortable, that's when he allowed me to speak more. And then he put me with uh Don Callis and mm-hmm. and uh so you know he 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 it was cool because I've watched him do it with a lot of people. He would let them work on the live events, try to figure it out, see what he needed to hide, see what he could highlight, 
and then he would start putting them on TV, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, uh, that I think it's kind of a lost art, you know, it's like, you know, you, you can have them go on the indie scene, but if, you know, the bookers or the writers aren't there to watch, mm-hmm. uh, not indies, but the live events. That makes sense. Yeah, like the, the, the bookers and the writers, like I never understood why the writers, you can read a report, you know, and I think the agents are very important, you know, to get the message to the, you know, like uh, Vince and all, the, you know, everybody else. But I think the people that are in creative should at least be at these live events mm-hmm. watching these the talent, you know what I mean? Because you can't, because you can't see the, the, and feel the crowd. And this is one thing I, one of many things I've learned from you is like, I would, I would, you would, you know, be in the locker room and all of a sudden you're like, who's out there? It's like, listen to that reaction, Mm. you know, and you could tell a match whether it's good or not just by listening to it. And, you know, and I tried practicing that and it's just like, and that's one thing I've learned from you. Mm. And I would pass on to other guys. It's like, if you're listening to a match, you can tell. And then I would see you go to the the people that were out there and say, what were you doing? What? And so you can, and then I would even see you watch the matches too. So, but if you're getting dressed, you know, you're still watching it without watching mm-hmm. it. You're just watching it with your ears. You know, was, I didn't see it, but I heard it. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. And, uh, and it's funny, another time we were working together and we were in a tag and uh, it was myself, Austin, you and Chris, and you, Austin's talking all this stuff and you go like this and, and you know, I'm still new in WWE and I'm thinking, okay, this is a great opportunity, this and that. And, and you come up to me and you go, you know, just for the record, or just so you know, everything he says, he's not going to do anything out there. And I'm like, <laughs> ah, Jesus, <laughs> there he goes, I'm going to blow it. Yeah, oh, right, right. Yeah, exactly. It would always work, yeah. but yeah, yeah, it was, it was but great. isn't that kind of the, the real secret of wrestling? Right, to feel it out there, yeah, exactly. you know. And that, well, another thing I learned from Pat Patterson, and I try to, and this is another reason why I really like the indies. You know, in, in my job, I want to try to find the next Rock, the next Jericho, the next uh, Steve Austin. I couldn't do it sitting at home. You know, and I thought if I threw out a large number and they agreed to it, would I be miserable? I probably would sitting at home, but I could, and then I would say, okay, I could try and open up a wrestling school, you know, or or do shows, you know, but I'm not helping the guys, you know, the men and women, you know, because it's nice to pass on the knowledge I learned from you, learned from Austin, working with them. And and that was a lot of reason why Hunter wanted me to go to NXT and work with those guys, because I was able to work with Finn and and Baron, and I'm not taking credit for anybody's well, success. Them down there, oh, yeah, yeah, it was yeah, great. Yeah. It was great, yeah. Um, I thought uh, uh, Baron almost pulled out my eye because I was turning around. He went to grab me, thumb my eye. I literally, th- I thought it popped out like a Vader, right? Oh. Yeah, and I'm like, I couldn't see out of it. Yeah. There's nothing worse than when you get the eye pushed. Oh, yeah, yeah. We've all had it one way or another. Yeah. Just like you can actually feel the thing. Yep. Right, right. It was terrible. We were in Pittsburgh, but, uh, you know, it was good. I was able to work with those guys and, and it's very important for, for the older generation to, to help, you know, the younger generation. And it's very important for them to feel it in the ring too, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and learn in the locker room, you know, so. You know, and like you said, I think it's really kind of a a noble, uh, honorable decision that you make is listen, we all want to get paid to do nothing, Mm -hmm. but I know like, you have personal pride and you still have things that you yeah. want to do. And you look exactly the same as you always have. You still work like you did. <laughs> right. Why would you want to stay home? Right. Like you right. said, do that at the gimmick table when you're 10 years down the line. Right. And I forgot. Actually, I didn't forget. I, I know exactly. But WWE, you, your first run, 
you were getting close to being an actual like a top guy. Right, right. Working with all of those guys. Right, right. right. Yeah, we. I learned a lot working from you. Mm. Yeah, I remember with Stephanie was my manager That's and right. stuff. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and she was so cool to work with because, mm. like, you know how it is. Sometimes they'll have a there. You have a camera crew and the camera guys are there and you're waiting for the audio and you know or audio's there. And so like I asked her a lot of questions on you know um, just on uh, you know the business and this and that and you know and she would pass on a lot of knowledge too and. And uh, she was telling me how, you know, she would work in the mail room and stuff. And, and, she and answered phones. Right, right. And, and that's what I try to tell a lot of people. You know, it's like they didn't just, you know, oh, here's your job and your desk and your nice office. It's like it's very important. And she explained why, you know, because you have to know different parts of the company. And I try to tell people whether you're a referee or you, you try to, you, you, the more you know and the more jobs you know, the more valuable you are. You know what I mean, and so, so, in, Great in, point. exactly. So, and then you appreciate other everybody else's jobs. You know what I mean, and then you get to know them a little bit better. Mm-hmm. You know, so, and you just, you know, and and you you have that uh, feel of people are more important than you know because you have a closeness with them too. You know, because there's a lot of people that worked there for so many and, years. And you're, and you're right. And the thing about her too, I always love working with her. There was no. This is the boss's daughter. And right. there's no rules. I mean, especially back then, we're calling her a slut. Or, right. And the, the gore and the whore was the one. Yeah, and then people always say that. And I grabbed the microphone. I don't know. Maybe maybe you were the one that said, um, you. I think you asked her, or it, was, it wasn't written or something. You just go, you just say, you better respect this woman. And holy cow, the crowd just like... You yeah. shut up, Rhino. You know they <laughs> they got on me for saying that. You know, and you remember uh, the promo we did us in Chicago, and there was it was me and Rock, and you and Booker were in the ring with Stephanie. Uh-huh. And that's when she first got her boobs done. Yeah, and there was Hooters jokes, and there was right. I remember like I'm gonna take care of that greasy, smelly beast, and I'm gonna get you too, Rhino. Right, right. <laughs> you know what? What's great about it is for the um, for the sake of entertainment, and and one thing I I liked about that and. You know, and, and different companies can learn, you know, and I think different companies see that, but they won't ask someone to do something they wouldn't do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, and, and and it gives a good respect, you know, and I think when you have companies like AEW and, and Impact and Ring of Honor, you know, they're, they're not going to ask the talent or, you know, oh, we'll degrade you here, here and here. You know, I, like they can say, oh... Uh, WWE is degrading this, this, and this, but look at how often they've degraded themselves and made them the butt of the right. jokes. You know what I mean? So yeah. because they know it's for the sake of entertainment, for the sake of the show. Right, right, right. We so. had a, there's there's a gif that's that's out there that, that I see quite a bit gets posted on Twitter of you spearing me through the set. I get asked that all the time. What do you remember? Let's talk about that. I remember that yeah. they were changing the set from they had the big Tron to like it was like a. They had to change set. the set after we messed it up. <laughs> That's what it was. <laughs> Let's just go with that story. But I remember thinking like somehow like we we should do something like this because yeah. we had a fairly long yeah. food, like the whole summer. I remember. Right, that. right. And the idea was you're going to spear me through the through the Tron. Right. Yeah. Actually, do you remember I hurt my shoulder the night before SummerSlam? In 2000, I gave you the airplane spin right into the TKO. I didn't stop, and I hurt my shoulder. And the SummerSlam match, I could hardly move it. Oh, wow. The very next day, it was funny. I walked in there. Paul goes like this. He goes, "Uh, yeah, I read the report. You hurt your shoulder. He goes, how do you feel? I I go, I feel great. This is SummerSlam. And then he goes, okay, now how do you really feel? I go, I can't even lift it up like that high. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, and then the following week, 
uh, we were in Denver and I was working with, I think it was a six man or something and APA, I did the, you know, Ron goes to shoot me off, did the dosi do underneath, pulled them in for a short arm clothesline. So I'm throwing my arm up just to get it up there, right? And I punch them right in the throat. <laughs> I literally sling it up too soon and it punches them right in the throat. And I'm like, oh man, this is not a guy you want a receipt from. So yeah. I lean down, I go, yeah, right? And uh, he goes, damn. No, <laughs> I just had to throw that in there. It was, he, uh, I think he said, yeah, you know, or something like that. And then afterwards, he gets a hot tag and he's supposed to kick me in the head. He could have taken his liberties out, but he laid it in enough to give me, uh, I think it was like four or five stitches above the eye. And uh, nothing where I seen stars or nothing like that. He got that heel up there right across the <laughs> eye. And yeah, and I, I go out of the ring and afterwards I come back and he's like, you all right? He goes, uh, what happened? I'm like, oh no, I just... You just caught me on the boot. He knew what happened, right? And that was just old school receipt, yeah. you know? He knew that I didn't intentionally or I was dangerous in the ring. So, but he also let me know, like, okay. He knew that, yeah. Yeah, here's a little receipt. <laughs> I remember just going back to that Tron thing. I remember, like, once again, you come up with these ideas. And then when you're about to do it, it's it's a little bit scary. It's right, right. Tron. Right. And you're barreling through, like, right. still, all due respect to Goldberg and Edge, best spear gore. Thank you. I appreciate that. Day. Like it's explosive, and we went right through that thing, and it yeah. came down. And I think we had some mats behind it or something. And I don't know, it. but yeah, we we're lucky. Like stuff didn't fall on top yeah, of us. Yeah, yeah. Whack your head on the right, right. You know, I remember the SummerSlam match. I came up with a brilliant idea. I'll jump off the top rope. Like I'm going to give you an axe handle and, on the floor, and you give me a go. Right, right. That was your idea. <laughs> on that one. Yeah. You know, it seemed like a good idea at the time. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, I actually broke uh, um, Ring of Honor. You know, the Briscoe brothers. Yeah. I broke Jay's shoulder, Gornum, one oh, time. Wow. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think he was jumping or something like that, and it was his idea. And I'm like, oh, man, I feel really bad. It was in Chicago, and and uh, it was actually for one of their eye pay-per-views. They were having a lot of problems with that. This is years ago, you know, they, the stream or whatever. But that, that pay-per-view, they had no problems. They went right, with a right, different. Right. So anyways, uh, um, yeah, and I, I felt so bad, and it's just like, are you all right in the back? And his shoulders like way over here. <laughs> we're like, and we're, a bunch of wrestlers were like, should we pop it in? And it's like, it wasn't even popped out. It was just really messed I up. I saw it in the movies. Should we pop it in? Right, right. Do it. I don't know. We're just all, grab it and throw yeah. it out there. <laughs> Jimmy Jacobs is over there. Okay, we need to put a towel under there. We're like, none of us are doctors or put nurses. Put on the weapon. Or, Let's watch how they do right. it. <laughs> and then, oh, go ahead. Do you go ahead. No, some of us were like, should we just call the, you know, ambulance or take them to the hospital? I think, I think we got this. <laughs> it's like Sabu. Let's not use stitches. I'll just super glue my Right, right, right. Tape it shut. Do you remember the, the, the show? It was, uh, it was in Long Island or something. I remember Vince went through this big. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He decided he was going to go on the road to help right, business. Right. For like two weeks. Right. Vince, this is Vince McMahon <laughs> making towns, brother. Right. Tell us about that. Oh, that was great when I got kicked out of the ring. <laughs> So beforehand, the the thing that's even better is right before, Tajiri liked to call everything. This is you versus Tajiri. Right, yeah. right. And I had worked with uh, um, like Eddie and Chavo and, you know, in tag matches, we're calling it out there, yeah. right? And that's that's where you really become a professional is right. when you can call it out you there. Just throw out some ideas and, and really feel the crowd. So, so anyways, 
for the last like year and a half, I was doing that, right? Right. So I, I became very comfortable. So then Vince comes to us and he's like, you know, to Jerry and myself, he's like, and to Jerry's like A, B, and C guy, right? So he goes, you can't make a, literally this is before the show, Vince goes, you can't make a mistake out there. Don't call it. And they were in big on that, you know, feel the crowd, this and that. They went and through that, a phase where they were going through that. Right, right, right. Calling the ring. Yeah. Right, right. So anyways, um, and that's a tough crowd anyways. I don't care who you are. Nassau Coliseum in Long Island. Terrible Very crowd. tough crowd. Fighting. Right, crowd right. Not paying attention <laughs> and just crazy. Right, they're just real crazy. So anyways, so I go to Jerry. To Jerry wanted to call more, right? And I'm like, let's just go out there. Like the boss just told can't us. can't make a mistake. Yeah. Right, right. So we go out there and then... I won't mention certain agents' names, but they always said if they chant boring, don't, you know, I was taught, like Heyman, you know, because in ECW they would chant boring, you know, for a lot of things, right? So not necessarily mine, but, you know, they just said, just you general, know, yeah. yeah, just eventually work out of it, you know. Don't don't let them dictate your match, but don't, you know. So anyways, uh, so I'm, I, I, uh, I had them in a hold and they're chanting boring, right? So I go, you want to see boring? Because I was told by a couple agents, yeah, I just stay in the hold, you know? <laughs> so anyways, so I I go fight up a little bit. I snap Merrim down, and then I put them back in the hole. I go, oh, I'll show you boring, right? And they're chanting, and the chants are getting louder and louder. So obviously they're watching, right? So anyways, so long story short, Vince comes out, and he's like, uh, you know. walks out. Walks out during the match, yeah. right? Rem remind you. He said, you can't make a mistake out there. Go out, blah, blah, blah. So in front of like eight, 10,000 people. So he comes out and he get, all of a sudden I see him out there. And he's like, oh, this match is done. And he's on, I'm, the, he's on the microphone. He's on the microphone, right? I'm thinking he's going, okay, we'll throw a, a monkey wrench and to see how they react. So what is he saying? He's like, this match is over. You, you think it's boring? Well, you know, <laughs> it's boring. We'll get out of the And I thought he was... Like out there, like working. You know, I didn't think he was serious. He was shoot mad. Well, I don't think he was mad. It was just, yeah, he was just like shoot. Oh, if you think it's boring, we'll get you something out here that's not boring, right? So, anyways, so but I think he's working, yeah. right? Like we'll see how they react yeah, and yeah. this and that. We'll get them on their toes, the boys, and we'll get to Jerry and see how Rhino. So I, I go, I go. What are you gonna do? Fire me? <laughs> like I thought, like. I didn't know he was really meant to get out of the ring. So he called Brian Hebner over and he goes, have Tajiri drop kick him and then roll out of the ring and go to the back, right? So Tajiri gets up, drop kicks me, and I go to the back. And then afterwards, I just go to the shower. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, F it, you know, excuse my language. Right. So anyways, uh, so I go to take a shower and afterwards I go to talk to him. Uh, and then like, I don't know about you, but you can't really when it, it wasn't an argument or a debate, like he's very good. Like you go in wanting a raise and you'll make less money, but feel better, right? Like, wait, how did this work out? You <laughs> the know, Undertaker says that. How did he do that? Right, it's the, right. It's the, it's the Jedi mind. Trick. Right, right, exactly. So afterwards I talked to him, you know, at first I'm like, well, you know, you, you feel like a kind of piece of crap, right? And I'm like, what did I do to deserve it, right? And then, uh, you know, so I go, so I go and talk to him. He's like, if the people are chanting boring, then they're bored. And I so wanted to say, I, he goes, you had them in the hold way too long. You know, and, and I don't, I'm a person, you don't throw someone under the bus. I didn't tell him how, you know, I was told by your agents, you know what I mean? Um, so, or actually I said, I was told by agents. I didn't say names. Mm. They go, well, they must have not have been top guys. And I'm like, well, no agent at that time 
Oh no, they were there were top guys there. But anyways, so long story short, and I won't repeat the name, but um, so I brought up a couple points, and and he he told me he wasn't mad at me or anything. I think he kind of felt bad. He's like these guys work hard, and and afterwards the internet really you know was on my side and to Jerry's side. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like how you know how could he just go out there? That's a pretty form of disrespect. And the match was actually going good, and we were getting ready to go into the hot comeback too. You know, so it was like he kind of like pulled the rug out from under him. You know. And, uh, but in the long run, I don't hold anything personally against, you know, for that, Hey, it's your company. You know, I actually, what's funny is I think afterwards he, he kind of realized that it was a dick move, you know, never admit to it, but, uh, my paycheck was actually really good that day. <laughs> Cause you know how you can get a guesstimate, you know, you've worked the town before the people and all that stuff. It was yeah. double what I should have made. Yeah. <laughs> So, hey, I had to work less and I got paid more. So I was like, all right, that's that's pretty, a, that's kick me out more. Yeah. He said one time to me, uh, what are you on the rag or something? <laughs> and dude, I was like, I literally was like, I'm going to punch him in the face like, right. in front of everybody. He says that like right. on the rag. Like, first of all, who says that? Secondly, he said it to me. I remember just being like, ah, but I would I would probably still say that. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's it's pretty cool because you know you have to admit he is you know he is a pimp man. Mm. I mean, not a, a real pimp, you know. I mean, people would say, but I mean, he's so cool, you know. Like I'll sit there and and uh, a buddy of mine, Vic Joseph, the ring announcer, he uh, I guess he gets along with Vince really well, and they'll laugh and joke and stuff like that, and and he really likes his talent, right? So, but anyways, uh, yeah, he's just he's just one time he was coming out of the around the corner heading to Gorilla, and uh, I go. How are you, young man? Because <laughs> I've heard him say that yeah, before. Yeah. So I call everybody young man, you know, and I shook his hand and he popped. He, he's like, ha, ha. <laughs> yeah. So, but no, it's just, it, and people say he's lost it or whatever, but I try to explain to people that WWE, they're in a marathon, you know, and, and careers are like marathon. It's not a sprint to the finish line. They're so far ahead of everybody, you know? So why are they going to bring out all, the, why are they going to start sprinting now? And maybe run out of gas before they hit the, the the finish line when, you know, the other runners will just pass them up. Mm-hmm. So right now, you know, and I'm not saying they're coasting, you know, because, you know, it, we all go out there, whether you're a promoter um, or a performer or, or whatever, you go out and give it 110%. You know what I mean? But as AEW and other companies start closing that gap, that's when they start having to pick up the pace. And like I said, they're, they're not... They want to go out and hit a home run every single time. Sometimes people don't, they don't have to pull out all the guns because then you'll run out of gas. You know what I mean? I agree. And I think, too, there's a few things. A, you know, Vince changes this and changes that. Well, mm-hmm. you know, he does because it's a feel for him. Right. Well, he didn't used to do that in the 80s. Well, that's what he does now. Right. And the other thing about it is, too, is like people don't realize how hard it is right. to do that many TV shows and that right. those, how many shows they do a week. Right. Not just for house shows, live events, the all day. It's hard weekly right. TV. That's something that I keep saying to AEW. It's like when we get going weekly TV, it's a different ball of wax. Right. We all know this. Right. But Vince has been doing it every single yeah. week for 35 years. Right. He knows the ebbs and flows of the business. Right, right. right. And, you know, and, and it's cool because, you know, like sometimes you can overthink things. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think you've actually taught me that. Mm-hmm. Like I would try to overthink you things. You really weren't overthinking. Yeah, yeah. Shameless and, was the same. And I said, Rhino used to be like. Right, right. Yeah. Thank you. For th- 
<laughs> mentioning me. But, but uh, you did. You just mentioned right, you were. You were right. always like, yeah. can we go over it again? Can we over again? What about this or that? Like sometimes you just got to go. If you overthink it. it, you make it worse. That's right. You know, and I think, and and sometimes in my defense, I would overthink it. I just wanted to make it perfection. Sure, of course. Which, and, and I think that's what Vince might be doing is trying to make it perfection. You yeah. know what I mean? But there's a lot of good things that, you know, like, see, I like to sit back and watch and learn, you know what I mean? You know, and, and like how he's put people like uh, Triple H and, you know, and, and Shane and and how they've really come up, you know what I mean? So the torch is being passed, right. you know, to very, you know, and that's very important when you have, you know, so many investors and, you know, and, and uh, you know, stock market and all that stuff. When you have people, you know, they want to, they want security in their stock, you know, and they like, if Vince is ever sick, you'd never know it because he's just that solid guy. And that is good because, you know, with stocks and all that stuff, mm-hmm. you know, you'll never see him miss a show and all that stuff. You know, you remember when he tore both of his uh, quads and he shows up at the garden in a wheelchair, you know, with his legs up. Yeah. Like, almost like, right. I almost imagine they're in casts. Right. They right. Were, they were yeah, yeah. Straight out in his yeah. wheelchair. And if he needed to, you know, he never showed weakness, yeah. which was, you know, and, and that's important. And other, when, when that happened, uh, they made everybody clear the halls so they could take him out on a stretch. Right. Because like, he didn't want to show weakness. To yeah. Yeah. Pain or weakness right. Yeah. Right. Which is totally, uh, which is totally cool. Yeah, uh, Hunter actually told me a story um, that he had one of the doctors really crack one of those things, you know, the smelling salt. Smelling salt, yeah. Yeah, they go, Vince wants it. Um, I forget what referee it was. They told me, uh, Hunter goes like this. He goes, okay, Vince wants it to look real on TV. So make sure you actually crack it in front of the camera and shove it in his nose. Don't worry, he won't sell it, right? Sure as shit, he didn't sell it. <laughs> <laughs> so he start bleeding or start crying? Or no, no, no. The, you know, the, the where yeah. they crack it open. He no sold it. Oh, they're trying yeah. To he was joke. supposed to. Eat, well, yeah. Hunter told the referee as a rib on Vince. Oh, yeah. And uh, I forget what referee was telling me. And then he gets back and Hunter goes like this to Vince. He goes, "Kid got the kid got nervous. Cracked it open for real. <laughs> so he put the heat on the rib. Vince didn't care, right? Yeah, so yeah, how yeah. great is that? You know, you're laying there." You're not supposed to wake up, right? Even with smelling salt, right? And then the guy, so you have to no sell the smelling salt. I don't know if you've ever taken a whiff of one oh, of those. Dude, They're terrible. Have, are you, but you used to power lift. They would do that with, yeah. with the squat. You'd yeah. go down there and they yep. go, <laughs> right. up again. As, as we wind down here, I mean, like I said, I thought it was really exciting when, when Don told me that he had resigned you for Impact. And now, you know, you, you, you said you've been off for three months and you're right. finished with the WWE chapter for now. Are you excited to be back? Oh, I'm excited. Totally yeah. excited. I'm excited for wrestling. I'm excited for the wrestling fans. I'm excited to see what AEW does. I'm excited to see what WWE does. I'm really excited about Impact, you know. Um, I'm, I've signed for two years there. They allow me to do indies too because it's important to find new talent. And and the cool thing about it is, is you know, you can find talent and there's places for them to go to, you know, because the worst thing to do is find a talent and then have them go someplace and they don't, they're not able to um, uh, use that talent to better wrestling. You know what I mean? So Impact's a good area. AEW's a good area. Ring of Honor's a good area to hone their skills, you know, so, mm-hmm. and that's very important. That's what's exciting about wrestling. And, you know, and I, I, I tell people, you know, we've got a lot of great things happening with, um, with wrestling right now. The, the economy's doing well, so people will go out to the, the, the live events. And, you know, people's shows, the, the promotion shows are doing really well. And then the more opportunity you have, the better for the boys. And then the more competition, 
companies have, the better for, you know, the boys too, and the fans, mm -hmm. you know? So we all know that. Right. And yeah. I like it too, because there's a long history between you and Scott and, and, right, and Don. Right, right. You know, much like Paulie, they're doing a great job with really pushing guys, right. uh, you know, showing the strengths of everybody. Exactly, you know? exactly. That And that's one of the reasons why it was very, um, you know, a, a good move for me because mm -hmm. it's like, you know, I can fit in, you know, and then get me cooking a little bit, help me work with guys, you know, um, or let me work with guys, you know, from Moose to Elgin. You know, there's, um, there's so Aiden Prince. I don't know if you ever with Trey. Um, these guys are great, you know, high flyers and stuff. They need and, some experience. Though. Exactly, exactly. And so then, you know, you got Dreamer there, which, you know, Dreamer's kind of funny and bitter at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> he always he always rips on me and I go, your, your inner child is hurting. That's where the real pain is. <laughs> He's like, get away from me. I hate you. Yeah, I go, I no, you don't. I hate you. Get away from me. <laughs> right. Uh, last question. You've had so many great matches. What's what's one of your favorite? You have a, a favorite match or a couple of them that stand out for you? All my matches with you, hey brother. <laughs> Flattery. Um, everybody talks about ECW. I think it, and, and the best way to describe it is it's that girlfriend you really love that broke up with you for no reason and just walked out of your life. You know, because it just ended. Mm -hmm. You know. So you never had closure. So I think that's why it's so special to people. It was a special, you know, thing. And it was a special promotion and a lot of... So I think the... I would have to say Sandman, just because that was wow. the one that put me on the map. You know, I... won the title from? Or? No, no, no. Oh, uh, Well, yeah, yeah. But uh, the program worked for the TV title. Gotcha. And then I was able to have uh, Don Callis, um, you know, he was, you know, by my side. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, so that was a lot of fun. And, and, uh, Sandman goes like this. He goes, he goes, when I come back, I want to told Paul, I want to work with this kid. Right. And I'll never forget. He, he put me over in Gary, Indiana and he woke up, literally came to the show and he was sober. He goes, I'm sober. I go, oh man, this is going to be tough. <laughs> so I've wrestled him drunk and it was fine. Sober. I don't know, man. He goes, I might get a buzz by the time I get to the ring, I'll down some beers. Right. So in Gary, Indiana, and he called it. He goes, right when you get the one, two, three, the fans, the, the crowd's going to go dead. Like think there was a mess up or something. He goes, then they'll start chanting refund, you know, because they like to chant that. Sure shit, they did. Yeah, it was, it was pretty cool because he goes, if I beat you, it does nothing. If you beat me, then it helps to... You know, making a star. Exactly. Yeah. So, but yeah, it was, it was cool. It was, it was funny. He ran out of beer too. I'm like, wow. And then he did a spot where he spit it in my face. Um, and then he went to swing the kendo stick. I ducked and I clotheslined him. I started kicking him and I go, I like light beer. And he started laughing. Oh, come on. Sell my kicks. Don't laugh. And then I pile drove his wife, you know, a few months later through the table yeah. It was great because uh, I, I guess um, my buddy, he'll, he'll, he'll pull stuff up. He's like, well, he's actually one of Scott's students. He helps me out at the marina. So uh, apparently um, I remembered after uh, after he told me, uh, I grabbed his wife and I was going to go give her a swirly. Yeah, I, I go, it's time to go swimming, you know, and I think I use a B word, right? And then after a match, I, I wished her a happy Mother's Day, you and you know, B word, right? So my buddy sent it to his mom. He goes, he goes, ah, she don't get wrestling. 
<laughs> yeah, so I, I would have to say that because he really worked with me and you know and helped me out, and I really had fun. So, well, dude, it's great to talk to you. We could talk for oh forever. Hour, but, uh, you right. make the show. You're gonna sell some gimmicks tonight at the gimmick table. You know what? I asked them, and they said no. We're gonna sell them for you. I'm like, oh man, I need to be out there, right? Yeah. Speaking of selling gimmicks, that one show the Young Bucks were on, I looked at their line, and and I'm very fortunate, right? And I'm like, man, I gotta get booked somewhere. <laughs> Like New Japan, these guys, their lines way off the door. <laughs> but the show is built around them. I'm like, maybe I'll go sit next to them, get some of the scraps. <laughs> we need to get the rhino water bottles. Right. Uh, <laughs> right. Thank you, brother. Hey, thanks for having me.